This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mick Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I've got a prescription for diabetes test strips. How much is the copay? That could take me a while to calculate. In the meantime, you should think about over-the-counter Contour Next test strips. You get 35 for $19.99, and they're highly accurate. For full details, visit contournext.com slash radio. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen. This is our preview episode of the massive match for Fulham at the Hawthorns against West Brom. Max, we have a lot to talk about in regards to that match, but we have to start on a match that happened, I don't know, a couple of days ago? Because I haven't had a chance to talk to you, and I need Mad Max's view of the goalless draw, the second goalless draw against... Brighton Hove Albion. Now, we did a full-time show, but you know what? I'm up for some more talk on it because I haven't heard you your view on it. And uh, I'm very curious your thoughts on the draw, Max. So let's just start there. I hate to be proven right, Ross, but I was. <laughs> you know, I, I was on this show a couple weeks ago with uh, Alec Coben, and it yeah. was a glass half full, glass half empty. Yeah. And I had to choose empty because I said that we haven't shown what, what it takes to beat the teams around us when we're not playing like the underdog rule, we just haven't shown it. And that's what we saw on Wednesday night. We saw a team that isn't creating chances, you know, isn't even, isn't finishing the chances we do create the very few we do create and deserve to lose. We got lucky with a draw and it leaves us in a terrible situation, Ross, because yes, there are 19 matches left in the season. We're we're halfway done. It's not over, but we've two wins. You can't be going into this, stage of the season with only two victories and drawing matches against Brighton. Because the more we pass up matches like that, winnable matches, which if we win, we're back in it, right? The more we pass those up, 
the more pressure it heaps on the latter half of the campaign. Yes. And that's why I have to push back on people saying, oh, we'll be fine. There are a lot of, a lot of football to be played. Yes, there's a lot of football to be played. But the more we give up goalless draws, essentially, the more we're depending on winning out and putting together a stretch of three to four wins in a row, perhaps, and leaving no margin for error. And well, the so margin is very small right now. Small. As it is. Yeah, exactly. And, and the more we draw, let, let's say we don't win against West Brom. Okay. That means we have to win against a team who's a lot better than West Brom, right? And we haven't really shown an indication of doing that at all, which makes me it's just so frustrated and pessimistic because I haven't seen this team put together a winning stretch. I haven't seen this team show they can win games in the Premier League. And we'll have to win. I'd already, I think you'd probably agree with me. I think Mike Gregg does analysis. We probably yep. need six wins. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Six more I wins, right? And we have yeah. two all season, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm pessimistic right now okay. because we, we passed up a massive chance and we didn't really look like we were up for it. And that's the most frustrating thing. Okay. And I understand that and I wanted you to vent and get it all out. Here's my counter to this. And I said this to Emilio and you might disagree with me. And I was actually saying this to someone just a little bit ago. Who's hurt more by the draw? Because if you hear some of the talk coming out of Brighton, they're really upset about the draw too. They should have won. Fulham should have gotten nothing, right? Yes, yes. But right. But, but, but they're what? They're seven points ahead of us? We're obviously more hurt by the draw. They're five points ahead of us. Five points. Okay, that's fair. But I mean, come on. We're, we, we're the one who's in the relegation zone. Yeah. A draw suits them perfectly fine because that keeps the gap the same. It keeps it the They'll same, but it doesn't draws. grow it. We need to leap but on it doesn't them. grow it. That my yeah. point is, it doesn't grow. They had the opportunity to really open up the gap, and they failed. And I think that could leave some psychological marks. You know, I'm a glass ninety percent full, but I'll be the first to admit it. But I actually thought about. I think that Brian Hall Valbian. I think that this hurts them a great deal. I listen. It sets us back, but the gap is still the same. For them, I think it hurts because, again, it's against the team that, that they're probably thinking they need three points against, just like we are. So it's a wash. Both matches are a wash. But let's talk about why it was a, a wash, okay, Max? Because I'm curious your view on this. I'm, I'm going to throw a name out there. You tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. How much did Fulham miss Anthony Robinson in this match? I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, How much deal. of a factor... Yeah. Because I'm looking at this, and I, and I want to talk about this because, because I, w- I wanted to really get into talking about this match, and I thought we need to talk about Robinson because it's a domino effect. He stretches them, pushes them back. They're going to be worried about his pace, and everything gets stretched. Whereas we're pinned back, especially in the second half. I'm telling you, I think if Anthony Robinson is in there, we're not pinned back the way that we were. The experiment that at the time I thought, okay, fine, the Bobby decadover Reed experiment, it failed. Put Anthony Robinson in there. I think it's a different match, Max. I know it's simplistic to say, but I think Fulham really missed him in this match. And I'll also say that they missed him in the uh, Manchester United match. I agree. I also think we missed Lookman because he was anonymous. And in, in this kind of away match against okay. a team in the relegation fight with us, you need your best players to step up and relieve the pressure. And the reason I'm signaling out Lookman right now is because I know he has the quality to do well. You know, scored the goal against United, has been excellent for us, but he didn't do anything. He, he just, and I guess he was marked out of the match, credit to the yep. Brighton defenders. 
But you're right. I think Dekadova Reed's not a left wing back. No. He's a right wing back. That's that might be a stretch, but he's very good in that position. But when you're playing a right footed, right footed player in that position, that was hard. There's no width. There's no width. No. So you're missing the overlaps that Robinson brings you. And even and when Lookman's not really a factor, the entire left side of the pitch became nothing. But that's not to say the right side of the pitch was anything either. No. The, the attack was a joke, Ross. The attack oh, was I'm a not, joke. I'm, and, I'm not disagreeing. No, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you that I'm just stating what I thought was a big issue yep. is that the loft is cheap chance, right? Yeah. That's the big chance. What <laughs> else? Very end of the match. I think we probably had two other shots on target the entire match. Yep. It's, you gotta, you gotta unshackle the team a bit and I'm not going to blame Parker per se, but cause I don't really think we have the players for that, but I don't know, throwing Kamara or throwing Rich Rich before the 77th minute. We're not giving ourselves an opportunity to go and attack and go at teams. That's what's frustrating. And I didn't. I don't think we played for a draw in that sense. I think Parker knew we had to win. Yep. We just didn't play well. I think Anguissa's feeling the effects of COVID. Yeah, I think that's best. evident. I mean, and then even though, even though, let's just say we don't know for sure that he had it, but we've, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Likely, you know, that's a good point. Likely, sure. but also you have Cavalier up top, and we've talked, you know to death that issue on this podcast it's oh. not going to work so I, I think we're probably both in agreement you want to mitch rich on halftime i think i agree he has to start against west brom has yes to. yes and i totally agree that he needs to start against west brom but i want to just talk about this because again at the half i just tweeted this out because one of the things that are good markers is you know the ability to change and scott parker has changed you know he's willing to change I'd like to see him do it at halftime, you know, change the match. Because the way it was going, Max, it was almost like you kind of knew what, what was going to happen. It, it was playing itself out. Sometimes you need to put in a game changer. Mitro is a game changer. So why not do it at halftime? Why do you wait until I, I think it was around the 77th minute? And then again, you make a substitution. You know, you make a like-for-like like substitution, okay? I'm not talking about... A like for like. I'm talking about a proactive decision to change the match. Bringing on Mitro at a halftime would have done that. I truly believe that. We saw it at the end of the match. Imagine if he had a half. And listen, the argument that Mitro doesn't fit Parker's style, there's merit to that. But I think that where there's a will, there's a way. I think there is a role for him. And I have a feeling, hopeful feeling, that he'll be starting against West Brom. We'll see how Parker can use him. There's a way to use him, and we've seen it at the end, the end of these matches. But I think if you give him 10 minutes, 13 minutes max, it's just not enough. No, no. You're right. A player can't really get to grips with the, with the match in that short amount of time. He almost did. You know, he he had the effect of kind of force. He had a header that almost went in, I think, yep. his presence in the box. I mean, honestly, Vlasic perhaps cuts that back to Mitrovic instead of going for goal. Maybe we're having a different conversation right now. Yep. I think also we don't want to play down the impact of Joe Bryan. I think looking back, maybe we start Joe Bryan from left wing back. I don't think he's the greatest option. Of course, every player has their yep. uh, drawbacks. I don't think he's the best defender. But one route to go down is just get those crosses in from the left. Get those crosses in from the left um, into Mitrovic. And I've criticized in the past, but when nothing is working on the attacking end, maybe you need to go back to basics in a way. Because that's where a lot of the danger came from when Mitrich came on was those searching balls coming in from the left. Mitrich gets his head on it, and, and, we, and we try to push forward and get a goal that way. 
because what we're doing now is not working. The yep. main thing I said, you know, I was talking to my dad after the match and yep. we were both really frustrated. I said, what was our attacking game plan? And right. neither of us could come up with an answer because it wasn't really a counterattack. I can't remember. How, we had one counterattack with Cavalero. That's, that's one chance. There didn't seem to be any sort of plan in the final third. You know, we weren't, we weren't threatening. In the past with Parker, it would have been critical. It's been simple kind of square balls without any penetration in the final third. We didn't really even have possession in the final third. No. We were such a non-entity in an attacking sense. And that's why I'm so angry because it was a must-win match and we didn't really show up to score a goal, Russ. This is true, Max, but part of the problem, and I said this on full-time and, and I'm curious if you're going to agree with me on this because when you look at this, there was no presence moving forward. But I think it, they were also hindered by the fact that they had – Anyone that watched tennis will know this term. It's unforced errors. Brighton Hove Albion did not cause all those problems, Max. It was our own doing. How many times would, and then that forces the pressure. That actually increases the pressure. It was of our own making, Max. So I, I want to talk a little bit about that because that's something we have not seen. Because I can give credit to Brighton Hove Albion being the better side, but I have to give blame to Fulham for these unforced errors that of players that we just haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah. I think Aina was one of the biggest culprits on Absolutely. Wednesday night, just giving the ball away. To be completely fair, we have seen that in the past a bit. I think he's stabilized in recent months, but he had to give away the ball that caused the Newcastle counterattack at St. James's Park. Yep. And he has been shaking that position before. But he was even players like I think Otterabayo made a couple of really simple errors. Still kept the clean sheet, but that is all credit to Ariola, who saved us countless times in this match. And he's such an invaluable asset. He's been superb at the back. Without him, we lose this match 2-3-0. And, it's, and you know, it's even more pessimistic on the show after the match. Um, and, you know, as, you know, the classic Mike Gregg, uh, truism, if your keepers are man of the match, you know, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I, I mean, this is, just, this is just the kind of the, the gist of my frustration because <laughs> – I don't really see a way forward in a way. I guess in the ideal world, we get Mitrovic back in yes. form and we get more goals. But again, let's be clear. Mitrovic had a decent cameo at the Amex. But you know, I was talking to Dan Crawford in the Hamian group chat. After the Burnley match, when he was largely anonymous, I said, Mitrovic didn't do anything today to deserve to start against Brighton. I haven't seen a good performance him in the starting 11. In who, right. I, I, God knows who long. How long, you know? So a lot of issues here that I don't think we can just depend on Mitro to change the situation just like that. I don't know. Okay, well, I disagree, Max, because he's a good striker. He's a really good striker. I just think that, that Parker has to find a way to mesh him in the style that he's using. Now, here's something, and I want to give the Fulmish guys a huge amount of credit because uh, I actually listened to their podcast. They brought up some good points and uh, I just want to share them with you again full credit to the guys they they do a great show the formation that maybe again against a team like Brighton a team especially against West Brom maybe we go back to a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 rather than this five at the back that it is limiting our opportunities to create based on the formation and how things pan out maybe we need to be again this goes back to being more proactive 
Maybe we need to change the formation to what it was against West Brom. It worked really well. Maybe we need to be taking it to other teams instead of thinking about, okay, we're going to stifle these teams and we'll beat them on the break. Maybe it's time to mix and match your formations and your style of play. Your thoughts on that? I think that could be an answer. I think it's a compelling argument simply because there's a reason we're not being so creative. It's because we have a lot of players in defensive positions. Yes. When you're playing five at the back, so much of it rests on your midfield and who's going to create chances. Reed and Angisa are primarily defensive players. Who's that number 10 player right now? Well, we know who, who they're missing right now. Yeah, and, and, say Tom Kearney. Exactly. You know? And I, I think we're going to talk about the last West Brom match, you know, one of our two wins all season. Yep. Who's pulling the strings that day? Which Tom Kearney. Haven't seen him. We're missing him massively. But it's also the players aren't stepping up. Lost his cheek isn't the answer in a creative sense. He's not consistent. He can't do it week in, week out. He can't even really do it throughout 90 minutes of a match, Russ. Okay. So that to me is, is a big thing. A lot of people talk about the goal score. We're completely lacking goal score. Cavalier is awful. Awful. In a number nine position. But again, who's creating the chances? I, I can't think of a top-class creative midfielder. I think we have a top-class box-to-box defensive midfielder in Angisa. Yep. And we have, a, we have a decent you know, defensive midfielder, Lamina, Reed, But not someone who can unlo- unlock a defense. That's really missing from this team. Well, I think you're asking Ruben Loftus-Cheek to be that player. And maybe even a little bit Mario Lamina to be that player. He, he, he can show the ability to really make that nice pass. We, we've seen it. So I'm not saying that you can't. I see where you're coming on that, but they need more of that because it is more defensive in nature. And I think that's also why you're seeing the lack of opportunities going forward. Like you said, you are setting up defensively. And, uh, and I think that also affects how you use Mitro. So maybe it's time, especially since they did not go with this against West Brom, that they be more proactive on the road and they take it to West Brom and maybe not play the three center backs together, maybe change it up. Just, just food for thought. I, you know, again, I thought, I thought I would bring it up because I thought it was a good discussion on the full mission podcast. Okay. Max, before we move on and we start previewing the match, let's end this way because I know you're disappointed. You're frustrated. So am I. So when you look back at this match, what's your biggest takeaway? I just think the missed opportunity. You're, you're playing the side who's a place above you in a relegation dogfight. And not only do you not get the three points, you never even look likely to get the three points. And, and, and I know I said this at the beginning, but yep. it's, it's all well and good. You play a gutsy match against Chelsea, a gutsy match against United. You get a great point on the road to Spurs. But when you're asked to go out and win a match over 90 minutes, and you can't do it against a team like Brighton, who theory, I mean, who's a team right above you, right in the mix with you. People can say, and I have heard people say, listen, Brighton are a good side. It's a bit of a false position. They'll be, they'll be higher than that. Well, I don't care. They're there right now. We need to beat the teams directly above us. We couldn't do it. I, I, I just still cannot see the game plan for us staying up if we continue to produce performances like that at the Amex. I just can't. And that's the biggest talking point is that what is the Fulham game plan to win a match over 90 minutes? Because I'm not really seeing it right now. And even to say, you put in Mitrovic, I, I, I don't see the game plan there because we don't really have a creative player right now. And Mitrovic, as we know, is not firing on all cylinders. Right. And, we don't, and we're running out of time in, in a way because we need the wins. And 
honestly, if six wins, we might need more than that. But six wins, you probably need four or five draws along the way as well. Right. So that's the next 19 matches. We can only lose like six or seven, eight times. I mean, again, it's such small margins. We have to be perfect in our mini league, essentially. Yeah. And this team is not set out for, to perfection. And we can get 19 draws. I'm pretty confident in that. <laughs> where are the wins going to come from? Well, I see a couple matches coming on the horizon that I think they can win. And I'm going to say West Ham. But didn't, you, but didn't you think we, or West Ham are fourth in the league, Ross? Okay. But I, st- you, I, I still like the matchup against West Ham. I, I know where West Ham are. They're playing great. I, I agree. It, but don't you think. Same thing with Leicester. I, I, I feel that they can beat Leicester. But didn't you think I, going I into do. this match, we, we could beat Brighton? I did. I did. I predicted, a full, I predicted a full victory, but so did I. I wanted to win, but that yeah. just shadows my confidence. You know. Well, that's the difference between me and you. Yeah. You, you know, you know, you can live on the dark side a little bit. I like that about you. Me, I'm Captain Positive. What can I tell you? It just it's a it's a burden. I'm just kidding. Okay, okay. Uh, very good. You know, it's funny because I'm I'm thinking about my biggest talking point, and. Um, I guess you could say it's, you know, disappointment. Like you said, it's a dis- it was an opportunity lost. I, if I'm being completely honest, the biggest talking point is opportunity lost, like, like you're already saying. It was there for them, but then it turned into get the point, right? Get the point. And dare I say they almost won it at the end, which would have been insane. It would have been smash and grab yeah. 100% on a high scale. That would have been a smash and grab. They didn't deserve anything. So in a way, Max, when you when you say that, right? It's a missed opportunity. They didn't deserve it, but they walked away with a point. There's something to be said about that. See, there's there's little positivity for you, <laughs> and that, that's what I love about you, Ross. You always got to. I appreciate it. Okay. Like, one, thing, one thing I do want to say about it because we haven't mentioned it a lot in this discussion. It's the 29th of January. You got two days left in the transfer window, yep. and I'm not optimistic there are going to be any incomings i hope i hope there will be but two days left it's not looking likely and i know financial fair play is playing a role i think everyone knows that you understand it nevertheless you have to plan as a club and it's a failing that we have not brought in a striker it's a failing simple as that just as it was a failing to go four straight matches beginning of the season without central defensive reinforcements okay teams who want to stay in the premier league get deals done it's not easy. No one is saying no, it's, it's easy. No, it's not easy. It's, I'm, I can imagine it's an incredibly difficult thing to do with agents, with COVID, with the pressure, with the January 10th window. All those things are difficult. But so is staying in the top flight of English yeah. football, the best league in the world. And in this position, you need people in positions of power who are 100% focused because it's a lot harder when you're doing other things on the side. And so I know I'll where you're that. going, Max. No, that's, I, that's all I'm going to say. I've been consistent on Go that ahead. position. I'm not name-calling. I'm not insulting. <laughs> I've been always consistent. If you want Fulham to stay in the Premier League, we need people in power whose sole focus is Fulham Football Club. Okay. Very interesting coming from you. My thoughts on this is, and I'll say it, I'm with everyone else, that I want Fulham to bring in a striker. This is where I'm going to differ. And Steve Lidyard, if you're listening, bring it, my friend, because you're not going to like what I have to say. Fulham have enough right now to stay in this division. Truly believe it. But that is with the idea that Mitro starts scoring goals. You get goals from Adam Olukman. You get more goals from Bobby Decadover-Reed, the occasional goal from Cavallaro. You get your goals from other sources. But I think that Adam Olukman can play that role in certain stages along with Mitro. 
the big factor is you have a striker, you need to play him, and Parker has to figure out a way in his system or change the system that fits Mitro along with his team because you need him to start scoring goals. You're paying a lot of money to Mitro, Max, a lot of money. He needs to start scoring. So as we all complain about not having a striker, how about putting pointing the finger a little bit at the striker we have because we need him to get on a, a real hot streak. I believe in Mitro. I'm just saying he deserves criticism just like the cons do for not bringing a striker because they have one. And if he was firing on all cylinders, we would not be talking about this. Would yes. you agree with me? Oh, 100% agree. And I think we've not spared Mitro from any criticism. I think we've been quite yep. brutal in saying he's nowhere near good enough. The cons deserve honestly, criticism. I, I, I'm not but, against that, but we else, have to call both ways. Else, I, I agree. In many matches this season, Mitrich has not been fit to start. He's not been good enough. He doesn't deserve to be in the starting eleven. What I would say about the recruitment for a moment is that no team in the Premier League can expect to honestly stay up with one recognized center forward. I mean, name me another team in the top flight that really is only one number nine. Because for us, because you got to go into your bench. you got to go into depth for situations when players lose form. We've had to do that, and we've not been able to turn to another center forward. We've been forced to turn to a left winger who scored two goals in 40-odd appearances in Cavalero. That, to me, is the biggest failing. I'm not sitting here and saying, oh, let's buy, you know, whatever, insert big money center forward. Yeah. But the fact is, we don't even have a backup. That's acceptable. Well, well that's that the biggest indictment of the transfer policy. I understand FFP. I understand yeah. it's COVID and difficult to sign players. But yeah. we went into the season with one recognized number nine, and that's yep. a failing. Well, that's again, this is all a fair criticism because you're right. It's Mitro. And can you have some of your other players play that role? The answer is yes, but it's not ideal. So that's why I would want someone else as a compliment to Mitro. But I think regardless of, you know, you're not going to get another Mitro in that door right now at the end of the transfer window. You might get a striker, but it's not going to be the be-all to end-all striker. It'll be, I think, a complimentary striker to go along with what you have in Mitro. It ultimately is going to come down to Mitro for me. It's going to come down to him scoring. They need him to score. They need him to get hot. And I think he has the ability to. And that's why this is, again, it's a very difficult conundrum because in one sense I like how Fulham play Max with the uh with the three center backs and beating teams on the counter but Mitro doesn't really fit that can he fit that hopefully he can but it's how do you get the most out of him and keep the solid nature of of your defense I think that's the trick the trick is to unleash us going forward but to keep us solid defensively and that's on Parker to figure that out. He needs, we need Mitro. Enough of this, they don't have a striker. They actually have one. They have one. It's now time for Mitro to step up. I agree. I agree. Because I really do think a Mitro who's on top of his form can absolutely fit into the system. Yes. And I've said this on past shows, the kind of chances that Cavalier got and has squandered and has scored in some instances, in one instance, like the header against Spurs, right? Yep. That, Mitro can score that goal. That wasn't right. Cavalier making a 50-yard run in behind and slotting past the keeper with his pace. That's a header from across. And then in other instances, let's think about the Chelsea match, right, when Cavalier put it wide. Yep. Again, that's just a run with the box and a cutback. Yep. Like, Mitrovic can do those things. The issue is, as you mentioned, he's not on form. Uh, and 
that's one of the biggest challenges for a manager is managing your player's psychological state because right. strike is all about confidence and he has none of it right now. He has none. He's a very confident all. player. You know, someone's always held himself with swagger and belief. And we're witnessing, you know, a real lack of that. Um, and how do you put that back in? How do you reinforce that? I don't have the answer. two goals. I think the floodgates open. That's true. I, hopefully, hopefully. He just needs to start. He needs to get going. Once he starts, I'm telling you, we're going to see the Mitro that we saw a few seasons ago. I truly believe that. He's good enough to, to score goals in the Premier League. He, no one can convince me that I'm wrong there. I'm sorry. He, he's good enough. So that's where we're going to go on that. Okay. Coming up next, Max and I preview the upcoming huge match against West Brom. Okay, my friend, let's get to it. Let's talk about it. Let's start with your thoughts on West Brom. You know, it's funny, uh, they changed with Allardyce, and uh, I was talking to my friend Andy, who did the relegation show. I don't know if he had a chance to listen to it, but Andy is very negative on his team. And, uh, you know, but he's willing to be proven wrong. So let me get your thoughts. Your thoughts on West Brom heading into this match. Do you have a, a fear of them? Are, do you think that they're going to get that new manager bounce now because Fulham are coming to town? What are your thoughts about West Brom? I think confidence will be low. I mean, they just got battered 5-0 by City at home. Do you think um, that benefits us or hurts us? I think it benefits us. I think no team wants to play after losing that badly. And, yeah, it will give them a bit of motivation, but mainly it will sap. I mean, we know all too well from 2018-19 of the toll it takes just to ship so many goals week in, week out. Yeah. And have to play again next week. We and never really got the benefit on, on yeah. top of it. Uh, but listen, they had that win away at Wolves, who might also be sucked into the relegation conversation. But, I mean, that was a very impressive win in terms of winning away from home and coming yeah. back from the deficit, I believe. So, And we've also seen them get a result away to Anfield, which, you know, by the time I've said that, maybe it's no longer impressive considering mm-hmm. what, what Burnley did to them, et cetera. It's crazy. Um, well, New, I mean, Newcastle got a point against them. So yeah. uh, it's definitely a side that you can't write them off. Them off. I think what they're two points behind yes. us at the yeah. moment. They're within touching distance. And oh, we have a game in hand. We have a game in hand for sure. But it's no longer a situation where I think it was a couple weeks ago when it was so clearly Sheffield United, West Brom are down, and we're fighting against the teams above us to stay up. Right now, I think, I mean, even Sheffield United have got two wins just like yeah. that. Have the same just amount like of wins that. as we do. So in this instance, I don't think West Brom are a team that I fear, per se. I think we should have the quality to beat them. Yeah. But I do think there's a resurgence there. Allardyce will probably take some credit for it. I don't know if he's the right answer. But yeah. we should win this game, but it will be difficult. It will be difficult. Okay. Let's get into it. Let's talk about key players tomorrow. Before we get to talking about starting 11, let's just talk about a general idea we – of who's going to play. We have a general idea. We don't know about Mitro, but just in general, who are the key players for Fulham against a team like West Brom? Because again, the last time these teams played, Fulham bossed it. They totally bossed it. So does Scott Parker go with that type of attitude again? Does he look back at what happened the last time or does he go with what he's been doing lately and and we're playing teams on the counter again? We're playing with the three center backs or is he more daring? Yeah, I think, yeah. So what are your thoughts? Because I think this affects who you would think would be a key player in this match. I think for me, Loftus-Cheek is a big player. This is a match where he has to shine in midfield. and Because we've seen glimpses of it, um, most certainly during yeah. the United match, 
when he can take players on in the counter, start attacks, body players off, move quickly, which we need. I think it's going to be a big match for him. <clears throat> Mitrovic, we've talked about, that's a given. Yep. I hope he starts. If he does, he needs to prove himself. And he, he's had a point to prove for a while now, but we haven't quite seen the impetus behind that. But I think he can get goals. I really hope he can get goals tomorrow. And then another player has to be Robinson. You know, just coming back from that three-match three, ma- three match suspension, he's let the team down. On the flip side, he's been excellent for us. He can provide um, an outlet down the left wing. And also, I'm counting on him for better delivery. If we do go with Mitrovic, which I hope we do, we're going to need crosses coming in. And he has to know Joe Bryan's breathing down his neck coming off the bench, who I think is the superior crosser of the ball. Although Robinson's a better overall player, he has to pick up his delivery. If all that happens, if I think if our players perform, we have the quality to beat them. Yes. There's a lot of underperforming going on. Most certainly the people I mentioned, yep. Mitrovic and Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Yep. Very good. I'm, I'm going to share some comments uh, because we have a bunch of them coming in here. Toby Jones, Robinson. I totally agree with that. And again, we started the show by talking about how much Fulham missed him, and I thought they missed him a great deal. Edward Severin's got some great comments as I'm looking back here. Key player. Wookman, I totally agree, Edward. You're totally, I'm totally there with you. Now, this one's interesting. I am going to share this one. Max, we're going to stop on this one. Ready? Stuart <laughs> Avery. Key tomorrow's Parker growing a pair and going for it. And Stuart, I'm right there with you. He needs to go for it. What are your thoughts on this, Max? Do you, do you agree with me that we need to be more proactive, less worried about keeping it tight, yes. and more trying to figure out ways to get goals? I know it's a it's a balance, but at some point, you just got to go for it. I'm, I'm yes. with Stewart on this. Yes, for sure. The way I see it is we've been playing, not necessarily for a draw, but in recent matches, we've been playing for the nil-nil up to a certain point and then hoping for the one-nil in the last 20 minutes. This match, a draw does us nothing. We need a win from the start. Yep. So agree 100% with Stewart. Go for it from the first minute. Don't exactly. Stewart's right. Yeah, because I think what we're really good at and credit to Parker is keeping things tight and That's giving right. us a chance we to can always it keep it tight. Yeah. If they get the lead, you go, you're going to feel confident, but why not get on the front foot, yeah. take it to them. You can always revert. You absolutely can. We've seen it. Why not? This is a team that you should be thinking, okay, I'm going to take it to them. We should be able to score a couple goals on it and get up on them. Really? You know, and, and it's funny because, and Toby, you're 100% right about this. Parker loves a 1 0 1. I agree with you. But to get the one goal, you, you got to be a little bit more proactive. You get the goal, then, then you can make it tight. Okay? Even though I would be screaming for, for that second goal. If he wants to do that, fine. But you need to get that goal and you need to be more proactive about it. You can't be so passive about it. This is, okay, we're going to take advantage of you on the break and uh, hopefully we'll score. How about taking it to a team? We've done it before. 100%. And I think that's something that's also been missing. Let's remember the Liverpool draw, first 20 or 30 minutes, we took it to Liverpool. That's my point, Max. I haven't seen a burst like Even that. playing this, this style, we, we took it to them. We, yeah. you know, we still did. We, I haven't seen that every single time. I mean, I've seen glimpses of it, but there's an opportunity here. Take it to this team. You really need to take it to them and get that lead. And we know how good Fulham are when they get a lead. I know it hasn't worked out well lately. But for the most part, they're very good when they get ahead. Okay, my friend, let's move on. 
So now I'm going to put you in the shoes of Scott Parker. I like doing this, Max, making you Scott Parker. So you're Scott Parker. You dress well. Not, not that you don't always dress well, <laughs> but you dress really well. Looking sharp. How does Fulham win this match, Max? What do you do? Good, good question. I think it has to start with playing Mitrovic from okay. the first minute. we got to give ourselves a focal point in attack. We've been missing that for a long time now, a player to depend on. If Mitrovic's given that confidence, I can hope he can reclaim some of his old swagger and start with that. Okay. What we also must do is – it's a psychological thing mainly. Is As people have mentioned, don't back off. Feel the urgency to get a goal early. Right. Put West Brom under pressure. Feel like we're the team who's on the ascendancy instead of kind of seeding possession and you know being more passive, right? Um, and I'd say, apart from that, I think Parker's done a good job in, in yeah. the sense of keeping us solid. But we need to be more attacking focused. We need to be more attack minded. I think that starts with starting Mitrovic and an actual goal scorer. Yep. Um, and, and, and telling this team that a draw isn't good enough, that we simply must get a goal in that first half. Because I think if we take the lead, we're very good at holding a lead and not going to give that thing up, right? Especially to a team like West Brom, who's, you know, second bottom. So have that confidence that if we get that early goal, then we can maybe fall back to more comfortable solidity. Okay. And maybe that'll be like a treat for them because I love defending. Don't love right. attacking so much. I hey, get a goal, we can defend the rest of the match. Don't worry, lads. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go back to the Brighton match, because this is actually a good point. So I thought they were fairly controlled. I wouldn't say aggressive, but they controlled the play in the opening stages. Why did it all change, Max? You want to know why it changed? Unforced errors. You know, again, were they worried about making a mistake? That's what it seemed like to me. After they started making one, it it really turned into a a plethora of, of mistakes. So they need to get over the unforced errors and they need to start playing their game again. And, you know, I agree with you with Mitrovic and I think Anthony Robinson needs to come straight back in. I think he will make a big difference against this team. That's going to lead to get to your starting 11, my friend. Let's get to it. Give me your starting 11. I think the back aerial, aerial and goal for sure. Um, I do think I'm going to go with the back five, even though I've not been loving it, but Robinson, Aina, Anderson, Adarabayo, uh, and I think – it's tough because Tete or Dekadova Reed. I would I think still I, go with Tete. I, I think I'll go with Tete. Um, I'd say Ngisa Lamina. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Yeah. Okay. Ngisa Lamina, and then so that's that's the two holders, right? Yeah. So we've seven. So three more attackers left. I'd say Mitro, Lookman, Loftus-Cheek in that okay. sense. So Kind of a, a five-two-three formation in in that sense. Okay, and then becomes the rub because Ruben Loftus Cheek is probably out on the right, and he's probably not going to be effective on the right. So I I understand where you're going, and I and I could actually see that happening. I could see him being out on the right. I've seen it. I just don't think that you get a lot out of him when he's on the right. He needs to play a central role, but. You're right. If that's how we, that would that could play out the way that you're saying, Max, would you feel confident with that lineup? I would. I would just purely because we have Mitrovic and Robinson returning to the starting eleven. I think those will be the key players. But I think it's it's a good point, right? Loftus-Cheek is not a natural winger. You know, I might say play Deckard over Reed in that right wing position. That might be where you're leaning. A wild card. You play Abubakar Kamara. You know. 
that yeah. could be the X factor. No, I I, I'm a big Kamara fan. I know no, people are no, not, no, no, not going to agree no, with me. No. <laughs> He's probably better off no, the bench. Kamara, no. But, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, you know? Okay. We, we can't score goals for our life. Why not take a chance? But again... I understand he's not. If you're asking me the difference between, like, say, Kamara and Cavalero, I'm going Kamara. Okay, fine, but I'm I'm done with the uh, Ivan Cavalero experiment. I'm done. So, I'm what done. would you rather? Because I can I can totally see the critique of Lofts Sheik on the right isn't effective. Would you? Yeah, would you Decadova Reed up there because he is our top scorer after all. I would I would put Bobby Decadova Reed on the right, but then again, with the formation. Then you're just you're dealing with two real central midfielders, because then you're having Mitro as being really that that central figure, that that striker. So and then you would what have Lookman on the left, and you would have Bobby Decadova Reed on the right, and then you have Lamina and and Gisa central. Yeah, that could work. It I guess work. If, if you want to do the back four, though, the back four does free up more options, right? Yeah. The back four, you could say. Well, see, that's where I'm kind of going. I'm thinking. <clears throat> I think. I'm thinking. You change the formation, but I mean, thinking, then you can. We can do four, two, three, one. Then you do someone like Robinson left, you know, the outer bio, Anderson center backs, Tete, and you can still have the two holding and Gisa Lamina, and then you can have Loftus Cheek as the center back midfielder. Yeah. Then you can have Luka Decker to read any of Mitra. Right, that's right. a decent lineup. That's just hacking. Right. What right. I would say though is, right. and then you really are just taking Ana out. You, you're, you're taking, taking Ana, which I'm okay with because yeah. he's not the strongest central defender. And no. Robinson's a better left back than he is. See, see, I kind of like that better. I, I, I like going back to a back four f- for this match. I, I like that. I really do like that. Will he do that? I don't know. I hope he goes back to it. I think. It's worth giving it a shot. You can always switch it back, man. You can always go back and change it during the match if you have to. You can. But I'd say be more proactive. That's my thoughts on it. All right, my friend. All right, everyone who's watching live. It's time to get to it, my friends. Let's do it. Give me your prediction. Max, give me your prediction. I I cannot predict the loss. I can't. And also, I can't predict the draw. I need to predict the win. I feel a win. You have to pick a win. We I have think to it, pick yeah, a win. I think it will be West Bromwich Albion 1, Fulham 2. Okay. That's what I feel. All right. Steve Lid, you know, are you listening? 3 to 1 to Fulham. Yeah, I, I said it. 3 to 1 to Fulham. The gold man, say, Goldman prediction. Who's going to score the three goals? <laughs> it's a Metro hat trick. 3 to 1 to Fulham. You heard it from me. Wow. Three to one. You hearing that, Steve? 3 to 1 to Fulham. <laughs> okay. All right. With, and... and, and and I know that he's listening. I know he is totally listening. Okay. Max, this has been great. Thank you so much for doing this. You know, it's funny. Our schedules have been crazy. It's been difficult to really find time to do shows. So thank you. You know, again, we we were mixing our schedules, just trying to do this show because uh, I desperately wanted to do a show with you. We wanted to do also uh, get, the, get the gang back together and do one with, Giannis, unfortunately, Giannis' schedule was crazy today. It was supposed to be the three of us, which would have been fantastic. But it's still the two of us, which is still good. You're just stuck with me. I feel bad for you because at least you would have, <laughs> at least you would have Giannis, but you're stuck with me here. Okay, I got a ton of predictions. Here we go, and they're all over the place. So we'll start with Brendan Cronin. Two to one to West Brom. I know where I, I understand where, where Brendan's going on that. I disagree with you, Brendan. Robin Pendrell, two nil to Fulham. Edward Severn, 
lot of good comments from him. Two nil to foam. Okay. Let's see. Um, Steve Weeds already said this, so already said based on Wednesday, two to one to West Brom. Okay. Julie Newton, nil one, obviously a foam victory. Oh, Toby, no, I can't, I can't do another one. We draw again and we're down. No, 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 no. Come on. Come on. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Ralph Leach. Metro to score. And I, I'm with you on that. Steve. Steve. Come on, Steve. One nil to West Brom. What have you been watching? West Brom's horrible. We're better, Steve. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. It's been a long day. All right. All right. Great stuff and great comments from everyone. It's been a great show. Max, final thoughts before we wrap this up. I'm actually feeling more confident going into the West Brom match than it was the Brighton match because I do think Brighton are a better side than West Brom. And I do think – I just have faith that in a sense it will work out, that Scotty will be really angry, that Scotty will know that this West Brom match is really a season-defining game. I think what he'll say is, listen, it's the end of the January transfer window. We might not be bringing anyone else in, but it's up to you. You lads who – this is the core of our team. Show us why we deserve to be in the Premier League. That's right. I think there can be a really rousing team talk. I think the players will be up for it. And if we're not, it will be a dark day in Fulham Twitter, and I might have to log off. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good point because there's an opportunity here, and we've named a lot of the players that have an opportunity to step up. Because, yeah, the transfer window – and the players are hearing all this. Do you think Mitro wants to hear talk about another striker coming in? Fine, do something about it. Do something about it. S- simple as that. Some of the other players, do they want to keep hearing all the talk that we need this, that we need that? Shut us up. Shut us up. Score some goals. Shut us up. I challenge you guys. Shut us up. I would love it because I th- will say it again. As constituted right now, Fulham have enough on their side to stay in the Premier League. But they can always use help. I've always said that they, they could use another striker. They're a striker short. But even if they don't get that player in, they're good enough. I believe that. All right. Well, good stuff, Max. But we do have to wrap this up. For my co-host, Max Cohen, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.